This is Osin Cocktail. Hi, I'm Kirby Plessis. I have 20 years experience in intelligence analysis and OSINT, and I'm the founder of Plessis.net. You can find me online on Twitter as Curbster. And I'm Cynthia Navarro, and I've been a private investigator since 1979 and went into using OSINT for my investigations in 1997. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Finnegan's Way. Welcome to OSINT Cocktail. Today we are interviewing Matthew Spare, and Matthew Spare has one of the most popular OSINT, well, not just OSINT, but investigative podcasts, I think, out there. And please, Matthew, please tell us about yourself and your podcast and your work. Hi, uh, I am very honored to be on this program here. Thank you so much for the invite. Um, I love having these types of conversations. And I, I think like the more we do this, the more we, we push ourselves to educate people um, out there, the better uh, it is for everyone. And uh, I just love the shift that's happened in the past five years where, where everybody's kind of talking about the stuff they do. Um, so I own Satellite Investigations in New York City. Uh, it's really kind of a small boutique investigation company. We specialize in plaintiff personal injury uh, investigations. And, uh, you know, obviously there's some research that needs to get done um, in doing that kind of work. Um, I also own the Investigators Toolbox, which is an online resource community for private investigators and investigative professionals. Um, and what's neat about that is uh, you can create a library uh, on your profile page. And there are about 240 to 250 OSINT sites that are plugged into it where you can pick and choose which sites you like, and you can create your own resource library on the type of research that you like to do. So that was a brainchild of mine. That's uh, it's about two years old now, and uh, we're pushing 500 members on it, which is really really cool. So, and then you know, as you said, PI Perspectives is is my podcast. I do a weekly podcast where I interview uh, professionals that uh, they're either investigators or they service the investigative community, and we're either teaching you how to do something or telling you who somebody is in the event you need to call on a specialist now you know who they are. So uh, I think I just finished my 158th episode. So it's uh, plugging away. I was just gonna ask how how long you had been doing that podcast. Yeah, uh, I started in the fall of 2019. um, And there was a point during COVID where I was cranking out two episodes a week. And then leading into the Osmosis Conference, Cynthia Hetherington's tool, I, um, I do extra content as well. So we, we highlight the speakers for that. I know, Kirby, you've been on there uh, a few times. And uh, so, so full episodes is about 158, but it's really about 175 if you figure the extra content that, that I put out there. Can you tell us more about the uh, toolbox, the investigator's toolbox? Yeah, so uh, I again, I've been in the industry for over 20 years, and uh, you know, I, I noticed within the last five years or so, there really has been a shift where people are more willing to share how they do things, and not only tools, more like methodology too, which is really awesome because tools change, and uh, as tools change, you know, you got to find out a way to to do things again. So, Investigators Toolbox was just this idea of. You know, if I could create a, like a one-stop shop, like a marketplace or, or a community environment where I was really latching on to that spirit of sharing uh, and made it really accessible for people. And what's neat about it is you've got, you know, investigators that are just getting into the business that really, really benefit from that because they're, they're learning how to how to do things and the ethics behind of what to do and what not to do. Um, and we have a lot of discussions on there. 
And uh, you've also got seasoned professionals, folks that have been in business for 20 something years um, that they can direct message. It's like, you know, you, you have your own profile. You can direct message somebody and say, hey, Kirby, I'm trying to do this on Reddit and I have no idea what the heck I'm doing. Okay, here, this is how you begin this redo. I, you know, I do have a video on this. If you want to go and take a look, it's, it's actually in the learning section. You can go and review it. So it's been really, really awesome and exciting to see it grow. And the other part about it too is the community member actually members contribute their own resources. So it's like they're populating and continuing the growth on it. And we're just constantly pushing out new content. I scrape it from all over the place too. So it's been really neat. How about internationally uh, on your resources that you have? Okay, that's a great question. So uh, there are, I think about nine countries where investigators are actually members of nine, nine different countries. Um, you know, it's really hard to get information overseas. There's a lot of different restrictions and guidelines um, that we in the United States are not bound by. Uh, I was just out to dinner actually recently with, with Mike LaCourt uh, from Conflict International, who's based out of England. And we were having this discussion, like, how do you how do you do this stuff? And he literally has general counsel, like he's hired an attorney in staff, like on staff, ready to go to make sure that they're following all the GDPRs and making sure that, that yeah. they're not gonna get sued, which I thought was mind blowing and amazing. Um, so to answer your question, Cynthia, we do have resources from like Canada, uh, there's some from England as well, and some from Australia. Um, there's, there's a, it seems like there's a huge OSINT community down in Australia. You know, they're uh, Chris Poulter, I think, is a, a great guy that does a lot of a lot of stuff with his um, uh, OSINT combine is a, is a great um, you know, resource down there. But there are, um, you know, hopefully growing more, but it's, it's really limited to what uh, what's actually available. Very true. I think Florida within the U.S. is my favorite state for getting information. Right. Get anything out of there. And for your investigators, is it all investigators? Do you have any journalists that are uh, coming in and using your tools? Yeah, that's a great question too. So I, I really struggled when I was creating this to, to see like, who is gonna be in there? You know, who's gonna benefit from this? And you know, realizing that they're a certified fraud examiners, they're executive professional uh, professionals that don't have private investigator licenses, right? There's mm -hmm. law enforcement that technically they're not licensed private investigators. So like, who am I opening this up to? So the, the spirit is, the idea is, if you're an investigative professional, meaning that you're doing some sort of investigative type work, you qualify for membership, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing really in there that's that's completely a secret sauce and, and, and all that, you know? So I wanted to make it open for everyone. The one thing that we don't open to is students. Um, so you actually have to be working doing investigative uh, type material uh, or, or, or employment to, to look at the material. And uh, you know, I had actually had conversations uh, with some uh, people in the OSINT community about doing a investigator's toolbox light for the, uh, for the students. And, and that may be something that, that becomes available down the line. I think that's important because that's your future. Okay. And these students are doing a lot of other Things And so reaching out to the different colleges makes a difference. Uh, yeah. And they're our future. Yeah. So, I know when I went to college back oh. in, the, in the 90s, I mean, it was John Jay College of Criminal Justice. There was uh, American University was another place uh, and, and uh, 
uh, Keene University in New Jersey and, a, and a, an institution in, in Texas, which I don't even remember the name of it, but that was it. There was nothing else around. No such thing as like criminal justice degrees, forensics really wasn't popular. And it's amazing to see as technology continues to get better and better, how colleges ha have um, identified that and making it, uh, you know, just a lot more available for people. So, yeah. Right. What about in the forensic world? Because really OSINT and forensics can marry up and do a great and a much more thorough job working together uh, yeah. and understanding what information is out there, how you're going to pull it and where else you can go. Yeah. I mean, are we talking digital forensics or are we talking yeah. the old school? Digital. digital. <laughs> yeah, no, digital forensics. There's a, lot, there's a lot of digital. I mean, like coming to mind, Amber Schroeder at Paraben. Oh, know, yeah. These are these are people that are really doing it and mm -hmm. uh, back to the industry and and making sure that uh, folks understand um, what's available out there, I think is mm -hmm. really awesome. So I think Cynthia, you're quite, you're kind of leaning toward what the question is. Do you have those these type of forensic investigators inside the investigators' toolbox? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I mean, they're everybody's got their own specialties, you know, things that they're good at. What what we do have is we have partnerships with companies like Paraben that offer discounts to using their services, right? So there are about 20 different companies like Paraben that, that you know, if you use their services, they're going to give you a, a discount just because you're a member of the, of the community. So that was the other thing that was really awesome about, about building into this stuff. There's about $1,200 worth of things you can save on just by being a member uh, to the community. So it's, uh, it's pretty neat. So the OSIN Cocktail podcast really, really focus on tools that investigators use, what they use in their day-to-day, -day, that's hardware, software, and different services. So we would really like to know what kind of hardware do you use for your investigations? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Uh, and it, you know, I'm thinking about it, trying to figure out exactly uh, what I can bring to the table on this. Uh, but you know, the bulk of my business is a lot of field work because we do personal injury investigations. So you know, obviously having a, a, a good computer, a good laptop, something that you can take on the, on the road with you, you know, because when you're meeting with, with people, sometimes statements change or, or you come across different things or you need to look up something real quickly, you know, you're, you need to have access to it. And, uh, you know, I would say just, you know, having those, that, that regular access to, um, to the internet through, through a desktop or, or a laptop is really the way to go. I prefer Dell products when it comes to desktops, uh, just because, I don't know, I find them reliable. I'm not one of these uh, Asus type guys that needs all the gaming stuff, <laughs> gaming chairs and the equipment and all that. I don't, I don't roll that way. But Mac too, uh, when it comes to, um, to laptops and things, I'm, I'm really a Mac guy um, with all that stuff. So. Okay. So, and when you're talking about being on the road, do you use like a, a MiFi? Do you take that with you? Is there you know, are you tethering to phones or how are you yeah. working on the road? Yeah, it's it's really phone because we don't really have that big, huge need to have an internet connection. And a lot of times, like if we're meeting with people, we're meeting in a coffee shop or, or something like that where, where we can, you know, log in. And we're not really doing research at that point. You know, like maybe they're uploading something. So it's not like, you know, you're downloading some crazy stuff or visiting crazy sites. But yeah, there's there's really not a need for it with with what we do. You know, the other thing I want to mention too, just to end back to Investigators Toolbox real quickly, is it it is in an app as well. So it's both Apple and Google, where if you are out on the road and you need to research and do something very quickly, 
like it's completely identical to the website on your computer and it's it's what's nice about it is it's easy to manage and get around and you can actually have access to it so my 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 team does use that you know when they're out doing things and even if they're in the car doing surveillance for a couple hours they can listen to stuff too which is neat so are you doing your research prior to going out for your surveillances that you'd be doing on the plaintiffs yeah, I, I mean, I'm mostly on the plaintiff side, but okay. uh, so the research would more be along the lines of, of Google Street Maps and, and looking at, you know, the way a particular uh, intersection looks like. If we're meeting a particular witness, maybe we're doing a, just a cursory background on them just to see if there's any points that we can connect with when we're having conversation with them. You know, if we know that uh, they're a sci-fi nerd, maybe we're talking about Star Wars or Star Trek, if you get real crazy, uh, <laughs> you know, just having that connection. Right. So there is a little bit of that. Also, with the uh, with the with the Google Street Maps, uh, historical images are really important when we're looking at defects, because we can really go back and see how long a particular defect you know, has been in a particular location. I mean, that it, it's amazing if you know how to look and where to look that you can go back and really see the life of uh, a cracked sidewalk like when it started and and uh, when when repairs were attempted and it didn't work out so well, like that kind of stuff. You know, I Google Maps has been a boon. I mean, it's not just Google Maps, of course, being maps and all the other mapping tools, but it's definitely been a boon to doing kind of do-it-yourself imagery and intelligence, like where you can, or geo-int, where you can kind of go anywhere at any time and, and in some cases pull back layers of time. So yeah. definitely useful. I think the investigators that are, are successful understand that and really do that pre-investigative work. You know, it just, it helps you point in the right direction for your, your, your end goal. You know, if, if whatever your goal is, you know, whatever that workflow goal is, if you're incorporating these tools and using everything that's available, the chances of you having a success rate of finding out why something happened or how, you know, how it happened are that much better. Let's talk about software that helps you do this. So, I mean, we talked about Google Maps, but like specific software that you invest in for your systems, what, what kind of things do you use? Everything from browsers to security to reporting yeah. tools. Yeah, so I am a, uh, a Chrome guy. You know, I just, I love, I love it. I love the plugins. I love the uh, just accessibility. I, I, I find that like Firefox just crashes all the time <laughs> and Internet Explorer, like don't get me started. <laughs> so... Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm an Apple guy, but I, I love the Chrome. So <laughs> go figure. I'm kind of half and half. So you know, like using that browser wise and software, you know, again, it, it gets down to the, the, the tools that you're doing, the purpose of, of what you're doing. So having a case management system, incredibly, incredibly important. I cannot stress to you how important it is to have that organization of a case management. I prefer cross tracks. I got a long relationship with them. They sponsor my podcast, full disclosure. They're, they're, they're very involved with Investigators Toolbox, but their stuff is great and it really works. And they're one of the only ones that are SOC 2 certified, which is really important because insurance companies are looking for that now. They, they want to work with people that are going to protect data and know that you know as the data privacy laws are changing and they're getting more you know stringent on, on stuff that you're using software that's going to be protected. So it's got all that encryption, all that good stuff in there. Can you explain what case management would be would be useful for somebody who has never heard of that type of software before? God, where do I get begin? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I didn't use case management until probably about three or four years ago. 
and I've been in business for 16 years on my own, and plus another, you know, seven or eight and you're working for somebody. So I was always an Excel sheet or, or, you know, using my own, you know, Word document or, or, or craziness. So what case management does, it, it allows you to set up objectives and it allows you to have communication with your client. So you grant them access to however much you want to grant them access to. And it's a good way to keep the dialogue open back and forth. They don't have to call you and say, hey, I need an update on your research. They can go in and see the logs. We can go in and log the work that you've done and it's answering their questions. And they can give you further instructions, right? Oh, okay, this looks like a dead end. Why don't we look over at, at this thing instead? And you're having that real time back and forth. It's just an incredible advantage for efficiency. Right, you've got a client now is in the loop, and they're like, "Wow, I love these satellite guys because I know they're they're not going to sit on an assignment for three or four months, and I, I never hear back from them, and I don't know what's going on." And what that really comes down to, with attorneys, it's their clients because their clients are calling them for an update. So you're making your client look good because they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm following them on the case management, and this is what they've done so far." Uh, it makes them look like a million bucks, and everybody's happy, right? And then you've even got like invoicing and things like that, which is a whole nother thing there too, where it's it's all memorialized. You can go in and, and get it anytime you want. So I've had, you know, clients that have settled cases and they need invoices. They can just go in and download whatever they, they want to do. And, and again, you give them access to whatever you want to give them access to, which is pretty neat. So what else do you use? Do you have any specific preferences for security software? And is the case management what you use for reporting or do you do any other different type of reporting? Yeah, I mean, every assignment we do has a report. It's pretty straightforward templates, you know, usually in, in Word, uh, you know, PDFs, and, you know, you attach and embed as needed <laughs> or whatever. So, yeah, I'm an office suite guy. I kind of use all that stuff. Don't use the Outlook, though. Uh, I, I find the Outlook gets hacked all the time. I think I uh, I, I listen to too much of uh, Michael Bazell, <laughs> so it kind of freaks me out with with all the all his tips of uh, things getting hacked. So yeah, um, and then then you know using uh, in, encryption on top of that. So I use um, go to my PC uh, to uh, access remotely, and that's all like super encrypted, uh, you know, so we're able to access because that 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 is the other thing too. So I have multiple offices. Um, so I do have a server that I've bounced around to different locations. Sometimes it's been in one office, sometimes it's been in another office. So I, wherever it is, I, I find that I'm I'm there the most. So if I need to turn it on and off, <laughs> I have somebody to do it. So um, yeah, so so using uh, go to my PC is something you know it's a Citrix Cit Citrix based program that um, you know I implemented many many years ago, and I think it's great. Okay, and we have the very authentic New York sounds in the background there. Siren. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ambulances. Welcome to the Bronx. <laughs> something's burning here. Obviously, something's on fire. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So how about um, systems or services, for example, database services, that sort of thing? Which ones do you invest in? And, and if you know of any ones that are free that you should that you could share with us? Yeah. Um, so as far as the, the paid databases, I mean, I pretty much have relationships with all of them. And it, it's, it's really based on the podcast, a lot of them sponsored podcasts. And, uh, you know, some are partners in investigators toolbox as well. So, um, you know, I have access to, to everything. And I, I find that I, I like uh, certain ones, depending on the type of research that I'm doing, you know, and I use certain ones as gateways, right, that, that to getting pedigree information, where, where if I know, like, for instance, TLO, 
um, is I think everybody knows that that's one of the better ones. Um, and uh, I find their pedigree information is really good. So if I start there, I can get the uh, the points that I need, the dates of birth, the social security, you know, you know everything. And then then if I need to get phone numbers, I'll, you know, I may try a couple different sites. I may use IDI Core, which is another great one. Um, IRB is another one that I think is great. Alex Price, the skip guru, he, he's doing Locate Smarter, uh, which is, again, it's another way to look. So I always, I preach about the Trinity, right? Uh, meaning that you should use at least three of these to, to just verify your information. I think if you can do that and all three are telling you the same thing, there's probably a good chance that the information you're looking at is, is pretty legit. Do you have any free tools that you would like to share that Oh yeah, I got uh, to, to over two hundred something in the investigator oh, tool. Right. How do I how do I pick? <laughs> um, I, I'll give you one. Uh, it, it, Micah Hoffman has a great one. Uh, What's my name? Right. If you're looking for a um, a username, that is a great place to start. Completely free, and it's a great tool. So that's just one off the top of my head I can think of. Cynthia, do you have any questions before we go to last call? No, I totally agree with everything he's talking about, understanding it, especially about going to three different sources. I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of folks don't understand that the importance of that. It's, it's and like, make sure they're different. They're really different yeah. from off each other's database. Yeah. 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 And just to tag on to that so real quickly, um, methodology, just getting back to that again, right? So having your, your Trinity, but also having your checklist of, all right, I did this, I checked this, did I do that, did I do this? It's really great to keep yourself organized to 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 use something like that. Mm-hmm. And if you have a um, a coworker who is reviewing your work, you know it's a it's easy for them to say, okay, did you check here? Did you do this? Did you do that? It's almost like you're following a particular pattern. Uh, you know, making sure you're doing that. Oh, absolutely. Second eyes are always good because you get too in, too engrossed into what you're doing. You're not thinking so much out of that box like you normally would if you were just freshly looking at it. Sure. So, absolutely. All right. Well, let's do last call. And so last call is a segment where we talk about a link, a resource that we want to share with everyone and kind of what is interesting us at the moment. So Matthew, go ahead. You go first. Okay. So I'm going to go to BRB Publications. Uh, It's an old school one, but I love it getting criminal records and really getting a good sense of if something is in litigation and how far along it is in litigation, both on the civil side and on the criminal side. And, you know, if, if you understand how to navigate that site, it's a game changer and it can be really intimidating when you first start into it because you don't know what you're looking at or where to go. So I would say if you're getting into BRB publications, set aside some time and really understand the benefits of, of um, how great that tool is. Cynthia. So I'm going to go with uh, a new one for me. It's called page x-ray dot and it's F-O-U analytics.com. So they provide domain screen captures, internal and external links. So you can get some names off of there, flags for ads that are running. It's got a lot of great information. Uh, and I just used it for the first time. I think it was last night. So that one, I would say, go go and take a look at it. All right, thank you. And so my my link is going to be one of my all time favorites that I've used all the time, and that's ViewDNS.info, and that is just kind of a Swiss Army knife tool of all sorts of website tools. For example, it'll do the 
the history for the IP addresses. It'll also do you know a, a lookup for someone by name or email address for their website registration. It has a Whois tool in there. It also has things like checking whether or not websites work in Iran or China based on the you know firewalls that they have there. It'll even check to see whether or not certain email addresses are free email addresses or if they have to be part of an organization to get that email address, which I find very valuable. I just, I love that tool and you can actually get the API connection to it as well and build it into your own tools. So that's the end of our last call. And I just wanna say thank you so much, Matthew, for joining us. Can you tell us um, where people can reach you and what you have coming up around the band here? Yeah, if you can't find me online, you're, you're a cruddy investigator. <laughs> I'm pretty much all over the place. Uh, LinkedIn's a good place to start. I'm, I'm on there constantly. You know, Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S at satellitepi.com is a good way to get me um, as far as email goes. I'm all over the place, though, seriously. And uh, Investigators Toolbox is investigators-toolbox.com. Um, you can go check it out. And if you have any questions, uh, reach out to me. And they should also be listening to PI Perspectives. Oh, yeah. PI Perspectives. Yes. PI-Perspectives.com is the website. Um, the podcast is available on all podcasts catchers and if you want to look at my face for some reason you can watch the video version uh which is on a youtube channel it's called pi perspectives aren't you doing something on uh, pi magazine oh yeah so i was uh investigator of the year for 2021 which mm -hmm. is an incredible huge honor i love those guys over there i've been writing for them for for a while and i i think they they saw the passion of of the project you know and uh, just getting everybody involved so it was incredibly honored when they uh, approached me and said, Hey, we'd like to give you this uh, award. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to do this year. You know, it's like last year was such a big year, right? How do I top that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, thank you for mentioning that. I completely. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> well, thanks again for being here. Thank you. And don't forget to rate us on your favorite podcast app. Also, please share so that we can continue sharing this podcast with you. <laughs>